welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. I invite you to join me as we explore what it looks like to choose joy in the messy middle while embracing the inspiration, intention, and action that you can take to find joy in your every day. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to episode 279 here on Jumpstart Your Joy. This week on the show, it's Valentine's week, and I am so excited to be joined by Mackenzie Eason. She is a love and relationship coach who specializes in helping her clients break free from toxic dynamics, develop emotional mastery, clear up communications, reclaim their power, and cultivate unshakable self-love. In other words, she's the most amazing person to have on to talk about how we look at love, how we can learn to love ourselves, and how we can talk about Valentine's Day in a very different way, because we're going to talk about how cultivating our own self-love and learning to be tender and kind with ourselves can change the entire set of dynamics in every relationship that we have. So I can't wait to bring Mackenzie on the air. Before we get to that, I want to wish you all a very warm welcome and say thank you so much for making Jumpstart Your Joy part of your routine. It is such a treat to be able to do this show. I'm also super excited because in this last week, my very first book, Jumpstart Your Joy, Heart-Centered Ways to Find Joy in the Messy Middle, came out. It's released. It's live. And so at the end of last week, I sent out all of the pre-orders. It was really exciting. When I announced that it was coming out, I opened it up for pre-orders, and I sold four times the amount of books that I thought I would, even on a stretch goal. And so thank you to every one of you who bought one. It was such a treat to get to see your names come in and write you a little note and send you out what I was calling a joy kit that included the book and some goodies. Um, So thank you so much for purchasing and I hope you get as much joy from the book as I did in writing it. Um, If you want to buy the book, it is also now on Amazon. So you can find it by typing in Jumpstart Your Joy Or if you want to just find the link, you can look for that in the show notes or on the homepage of my website, which is also jumpstartyourjoy.com. While you're there, you can also sign up for the newsletter and you'll get a little reminder every time there's a new podcast episode out. And you can also get the show notes for this episode, which will have all those links to Mackenzie's website and some of the things that we talk about. Uh, You can find those at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash episode 279 if you want to find them. There's also a transcript there. Um, I'm really excited to bring Mackenzie on because she and I met through life coach training. As you probably remember, I am a trained, a certified life coach, and it's such a treat to reconnect with her and also have her on the show. This episode is so much fun because she and I both talk about past relationships. It's not something I, I usually share, but I do share about how I put myself in a timeout for a year after a very bad <laughs> engagement gone wrong and how it was really meant for me to give myself the time and space to reflect about what I was doing and why and you know just an interesting time in my life so it was fun to go back and think about it with her and I also love that she's dedicated her own work to helping women through breakups and she holds space for them to find transformation and joy on the other side of really hard times and of course that's something that I just love in any story Um, and I'm also super honored that she's sharing some of her own history and how she got through some of those difficult times herself. I really hope you love this conversation. Welcome to the show, Kenzie Eason. 
Thank you, Paula. I'm so, so excited to be here. Yeah. And just to have an hour to chat with you. Just like, <laughs> just like yay. I'm really excited. <laughs> That's so great. Well, the first thing that I like to ask everybody is what brought you joy as a child and what were your earliest sparks of joy? Ooh, as a child. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just going to trust whatever came up here. <laughs> Okay. Um, what first came to mind is I, I mean, I loved being outside and, and hanging with my homies in the neighborhood, but I strangely loved like peeing outside. Like I, I love just like, like sneaking out of my house with like a little TV and peeing outside. And it brought me so much joy. <laughs> and I would get caught like my dad would you know see me like sneaking outside with some TP and be like what are you doing but that's just what popped in my mind like I got so much joy being outside and being that's outside. awesome yeah it's really it's a podcast first too that's so good yeah <laughs> yeah I, I that brings back stuff for me as well like not me personally so much but I was a camp counselor for a really long time mm-hmm. and there were because we would sleep out overnight under the yeah. stars and have to dig a latrine and you know leading eight little girls <laughs> outside for the night was always funny and too interesting. yeah but, you know then there was always something that happened with the toilet paper and like oh yeah hill into the poison ivy like there was all, like it, it was always hilarity really you know for, for sure it's an adventure it's, it's... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that's yeah. awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm just going to trust that's what that's what came up. So <laughs> I'm going to stop giggling. So, yeah, I, then, then the segue is. <laughs> yeah, where to go from there? <laughs> I'm sorry. You got me real good with that one. I needed it. And, of course, for listeners, Mackenzie and I know each other from yes. back at, at coaching. We have a coaching background together, and we're part of the Courageous Living Coach Certification Program. Highly recommended if you're looking for that. And now you work with people who are going through breakups and and learning to love themselves. And I thought it'd be just a real treat to have you on to talk about that kind of during this Valentine's season because I Mm -hmm. know so many of us, you know, Valentine's Day has all this pressure around it and love is always hard. (laughs) But like it's always such a, a, a quagmire of things that... Oh, yeah. It's a really difficult holiday. So I would love to kind of talk about maybe some of your own journey and also how do you help people who, who are going through that? Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that you're highlighting that because it is Valentine's Day. There's all this pressure and expectation and emphasis on couples. And I mean, especially with social media, it can be a day where you're just like confronted with these images of couples and love and it can create such a very strange experience if you're not in a relationship and often when you're in a relationship or if there's challenges in it it's just it's a tricky one in relationships in general it's the landscape of the heart and connection is you know nuanced and a wild frontier of sorts and you know most of us are given you know often grow up with like the opposite of a manual and and modeled relationships in different ways that you know some healthy some unhealthy and i've really over the years in my own journey started to feel where relationships and if you show up for it well and including breakups and challenges can be a really powerful vehicle for growth and healing and transformation that is is unique and the part i love about it is that it's very 
I guess embodied is the word. Like it's, it's hard to really bypass or ignore stuff that's coming up in your relationship, um, including the relationship with yourself. It's such an interesting, it's a whole frontier. Yeah. So yeah, I love that we're highlighting it. Yeah. Yeah. How do we become people who are ready for a, a healthy relationship? What does that look like? The relationship piece of it means you've got to know yourself really well. And yes. So where are we, where are we falling down in that space? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Big question. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I really love it. I, I think the big part is it is so much around the relationship we have with ourselves and our awareness of that. And in every relationship and every person has different challenges or, or things that really pull them astray. But I would say a lot of it is that foundation of a relationship with yourself. And I think where we get in a a lot of tricky situations and challenge and hurt is like really comes down to a place where we like what I call our wholeness, where if we're in a more codependent thing or we have a tendency to abandon ourselves or our own heart or outsource our partner for our sense of authority or validation or they're our sole care provider to take care of our emotions or things like that thing, it creates a dynamic where it can feel unbalanced and scary. And um, I, I would say that that's the thing that's coming up the most that creates mm -hmm. the most challenge is where we're not fully holding ourselves and having a really fulfilling, deep, loving relationship with ourselves where we've got our own hearts and yes, let's use our partners and like co-regulate with them and find delight and soothing and co-create, you know, your life together and share love. But it gets really wobbly when we uh, plug into them to meet all of our needs, emotional, mean like the full spectrum. And I can see where it is, what, there's a lot of messages messaging and modeling out there I mean even if we so I love Disney and problematic right because the even the messaging as women that we receive from princesses is that someone else completes us or that it's right. the destiny somehow ends with a marriage <laughs> and there's never really much of a story past what happens with those people right, after the credits roll a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bells ringing and then oh the the kiss and it's like we don't know really what's after that because there's not a lot of modeling for it so what would be a good place to start if someone is saying I yeah. really wish I could find the right person but I don't know where to start and it does feel like each of my relationships has been problematic and I don't know why they fall apart or why I can't find the right person like where does that person mm. start there's a couple different places to to start and and, and back to the, the Disney piece and like, there's such a storyline there of like cultural and, and how that impacts us. And I think that also leads to a space of feeling like if a relationship ends that we're broken and the relationship was a failure, we're a failure, something's wrong with us. That whole narrative is really common. And so to answer your question, I think that's a powerful place to start of number one, holding a lot of sweetness and gentleness with yourself and holding your past relationships as, as a grounds of like learning and what was there and, and really just starting to look at, okay, what did I learn there? What was my part? 
And then also getting really curious of, you know, relationships are 50, 50, we, you know, it's not all just one person, but it is important to look at and be curious, especially if there's a pattern of how certain relationships keep going, starting to look at like, Ooh, what, like, what's the root of this? Or where, did, where was this in me even before I connected with this person and, and yeah. what's really mine to have ownership over and, and what's not, and what's been the other people I've related to. I think that's a really powerful place to start. And then it would be unique to, to each person and situation. But I think it's like, that's an entry point. And then starting to really look at like, okay, where, where can I fill my own cup with like a lot of love and get out of that dynamic of searching for someone else to complete me so that when I connect with someone, it's this more of a like overflowing sort of space. And that tends to, like when we haven't looked at some of those things from our past and our patterns or what emotional places were were blocked or what parts of our heart are just really asking for our attention, when we haven't connected with that in ourselves, it's easy to kind of in an interesting way the universe can work. It's like, oh, here's a person perfectly to help you play that out and extract it up. Mm -hmm. And you can, you know, depends how you meet it. If you meet it, it can be a healing thing or you can just keep replaying. So when you start to really look inward and hold all those pieces for yourself, you'll start to magnetize and attract and relate to people who aren't so much being sent as like a representative to help you play something out, but you'll start, you know, being drawn towards people who are a healthier match and not that we're like, Oh, now I'm perfectly healed. Now it's, it's not like a sense of trying to be unbroken, but uh, there's a way in which we start to shift how we show up in relationships that are just healthier and that create more space in a healthy healing container for stuff to come up basically. As you were saying that, I was thinking there really is kind of that fine line between what is the work I'm doing for myself and internally doing, not on myself, but maybe that's the best English word for it. (laughs) And then the piece of, of, because of what I either believe about myself or how I feel about myself, who I'm truly attracting. And so I think there's an interesting thing there of like, you when you look at a pattern of what's coming in, if you're the, the constant. Like, right. You if you're the common to... denominator. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's a little, yeah. And so then the, the good news is, is looking at those patterns, you can probably see where is it that I could dig in and do a little work around this, or do I need to become more comfortable with this aspect? Or am I asking somebody to fill a, a piece of what's missing for me when I'm the one that should be filling that or digging in or, or whatever yeah. it is. So yeah, there's a lot of really interesting territory there. And that's not part of the princess. Yeah. They don't line. really go. <laughs> yeah. They don't process her. Yeah. There's, her no childhood. there's yeah. just perfection. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hashtag. That would be nice though. If there was, yeah, like the fairy godmother comes in and does like a, you know, a coaching yeah. therapy session with her. She's like, okay, this is what you need to like yeah you know work out a little bit yeah I love it it's so funny and I know you work a lot with people who are going through breakups which if I recall I think that the holiday season itself kind of starting December through the end of like February tends to be a time when a lot comes up and Mm -hmm. sometimes you realize well this wasn't the what I thought it was so if somebody's in that space maybe right now 
what do you have to share with them about their heart and what do they need to know? Mm. Especially because COVID. I mean, what the hell is it's... going? Like, we're already in it. So how do yeah. you see some of that? So in terms of like, if you're going through the holidays, you're in a relationship and you're, there's some challenges and you're like, yeah, that sort of scenario, or yeah, that... you're recently in a breakup during the holidays. It's the combination. <laughs> I think yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's such a common thing. And I find like weddings can be like this for couples too. going to a wedding can bring up, you know, all, all of that. And, and it really is like a pressure cooker is how I would describe it. I think the biggest thing is to really be aware of what you want to take on and, and what you don't in terms of what relationships mean to you and how do you define a healthy love life and what does that look like for you? Because around, you know, the holidays and then the Valentine's Day, you're confronted with like your Aunt Susan talking about, you know, when are you getting married or, you know, or maybe a, a Zoom meeting <laughs> because of COVID with holidays, but like you're confronted a lot. You're like interfacing a lot with your family ties and some of their opinions and perspectives and values and relationships and where that meets you and then building up to the holidays. So I think the first place I would begin is really looking at your beliefs around relationships, what you make relationships mean, the symbolism and, and starting to tease through like what that really truly means for you. And that can be different than even the partner you're with, but I think that's a powerful thing to keep in mind. And and in terms of, you know, questioning a relationship, I mean, I think if you can harness the holidays as a powerful time to really work with, if you've been in a space of questioning or having some challenges in your relationship and it's been a little like an undercurrent or a little bit under the rug, like you can bet the, the holidays are going to bring it up. And so if, you know, you can do your best to like work on your communication and lean into it, like kind of trust that it's coming up, have those conversations with your partner. But I think it, it can be a powerful time for reflecting and processing emotions and getting really clear on, I call them like your relationship pillars. It's like, mm -hmm. what are these core, core things that are essential? Like I need to be met in this way. Not that my partner has to be perfect, but at least they're willing to work on things or, or like meet me in this foundational way. Mm -hmm. um, and if this, the type of things that like, if they're not present, it's, it's not a healthy relationship for you basically, or really not aligned with the life you want to create. Like a real simple one, it's different for each person is, you know, like having children. That would be a really big pillar, but for some it's, you know, a certain level of communication or it, it, it's really nuanced for each person, but it's like, what are these core, core things? And this is beyond just like, oh, I want my partner to like play golf and be six, five and, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever. Like I'm not talking like little traits, but these core things and it can be helpful to think about past relationships around like, wow, what was the breaking point? Like what really didn't work? Where were the gaps? That can help inform you of, of like what's really, really important. And once you get clear on that for you, not your family's version of relationship or what's important, but like you right. sift through, tease through what, you know, what's, you know, trash, like listen with what you don't want to take on. And then from there, yeah, being clear with yourself and, and what's there and, and having those like conversations. And there's, there's so many pieces along this process. Yeah. But I think a lot of like being devoted to truth within yourself and honoring that and honesty with your partner will go 
a really long way and, and, and through all of it, just be so tender with your heart. Like our hearts are really there. They're like a lot of our pain that comes up in relationships. It goes so much more smoothly if we're willing to like run up and hold our own hearts within it and, and just like be there with ourselves and the innocence and the pain and really do our best to show up for it. The parts of us that are asking for a lot of attention and TLC basically. That was a long answer, but it's so wonderful because I think, I mean, it's been um, admittedly a little while (laughs) for me. I mean, I mean, for context, I'm I'm married, so I'm not in that place where it's new love. And it's so there's a different set of things that come up for sure. You know, after the the Disney movie, right? I'm just kidding. For some reason, this keeps making me laugh today. But like, but in thinking about past breakups, knowing when a relationship didn't feel right and it you know it could be either that you you find yourself just angry or really frustrated and like that's I mean at the time it was very difficult but it's an invitation to say okay but why because yes this is showing up for a reason is it because you know I have this expectation of what a family member said I should do or should want maybe that doesn't align for me or is it just this person maybe isn't meeting me in a way that is right for me? So yeah, it's it's really it's breakups are horrible and mm-hmm. also you learn a lot. Totally. And and I think that's the thing is I was just talking to a client about this the other day that I mean there's two pieces that you just mentioned. One is so often our our fear of failure or our fear of loss or the unknown can keep us in relationships much longer than, you know, what's, what's healthy or stay in one that's, that's clearly, you know, not aligned for partnership or marriage, things like that. And so sometimes that fear of loss can keep us just like holding on super, super tight. And often in in a lot of my work, it's going back to that sense of like truth and feeling mad. It's a lot of, a lot around like alignment and, and, who who I am, who you are, what we want in the world, how we need each other or not. Like, is that aligned for life partnership? And maybe it is for a certain point. And then so often if it starts to shift and things are really changing and it's and it's really not sustainable anymore and not a good fit, if we hold on super, super tight for a long time, it does actually start to tarnish the the connection and love. And so often if we can recognize that, and again, it's not just like a quick decision, it's like a really deep process. But if you get to that point, you can restructure how you relate to that person as a friend or whatever. And it can actually, you can maintain connection and care. But so often if we stay in it for way, 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 way longer than is healthy for either person, it just starts to bring you both down and the it can start to really tarnish the the connection. I mean, there's so many reasons why we we stay in relationships longer than are good for us. And it's there's so many layers to it, of course. And there's a lot, a lot of pieces. But I think if we can start to grow a capacity, courage is definitely part of it. But this returns back to that self-love piece of just like, oof, I know, like I got me. I know even if it's intense and hard and scary, if this is what's really true and needed in a way that really honors and doesn't abandon my own heart and my needs, that I'll be able to navigate 
all the changes and transitions and the grief, like I, I have resiliency, I will get through that. And if we hold that, it really changes how we show up for different relationship processes. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it's yeah. also really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah, way easier said than done. Like it's, yeah. it's deep, hard, hard stuff. And um, yeah, that's why I'm such an advocate for support during these time periods because there's so much that comes up and yeah like we were saying before um we started recording just like breakups do just crack your heart open like heartbreak it's it's intense but it does open you and there's a lot of richness there but it's intense yeah, yeah. i don't are there some stories you have of the other side where somebody's made the powerful decision to be like yeah this isn't it and i'm choosing me for now like what happens so and this reminds me of a client that i worked with and and it was a really kind of speaking to that process of like in the relationship some things are really off how do i show up for it and then going from there and, and we really worked a lot on helping her get clear on what was off for her and her you know the needs of hers that weren't being met and and just these core things and got really really clear on that and helped her have those conversations with her partner and a lot of you know gave it her a hundred percent all all that she could control and bring you know and that's part of it you can't control how your partner reacts or responds or shows up but she just gave it her all and through that process it was a a really interesting experience for her to see where she had neglected a lot of her own needs and joy for the relationship. And so through the process, she did get clear, uh, like, okay, yeah, this is, this is time for me to like transition out of this relationship. And through that process, just, she reconnected so much to her own, like, sense of self and like authority in her life and what she really wanted. And for her, the relationship, she had gotten, you know, a certain way in which it was, yeah, she had just taken on a lot that what that really wasn't hers. And so it was this powerful, I really love this word reclamation. And I feel like it's a really like, ooh, powerful thing that happens for many of us in a breakup. And we start to gather and reclaim parts of ourselves and so soon after she just really experienced this like yes intense feeling and waves of grief and and processing what happened there and at the same time it's like both can be there she was having that and just like big openings and joy and like rich friendships and feeling alive in a certain way that she hadn't and through that process within all of that, her getting really clear on what she wanted. And then at the very end of our, we worked together for, for a while and towards the end had an old friend that was kind of there the whole time that like they had a powerful connection and she just, you know, wasn't ready for it or aware of it and just timing and all the inner work she had done and there and like a really beautiful, like prosperous, like rich relationship now. So it's, so that story, and, and I've had my own personal versions of that. And I think that's yeah. part of why this has become my work is the breakups have been, become really powerful catalysts for healing and, and the light and like rebirth and, and all of it. And so it's, it's really can be breakups, like we said, are freaking hard and intense. And I think we so often forget, especially when we're in the midst of the transition and all the big feelings that on the other side of it is also 
like a lot of goodness and yeah. delight and and rediscovering joy and play and parts of yourself so it's yeah yeah that's so interesting I don't, I don't know if you heard me kind of squeal there for a second because I was like this this little bit of and it's not little it's like the biggest thing but is yeah. that dance between um the fear and 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 love basically I would guess and that that that's the powerful catalyst and and why this show is around is like what's that dance between ultimate awful mourning and grief and then the ability to find and feel joy on the other side of it but you I mean the hardest thing ever is that it's that transformation of you have to be able to be courageous enough to say yes I don't want to do whatever this is. <laughs> sometimes yeah. you don't even have a choice. Like, you know, yeah. if somebody's facing an accident or something else. Like, sometimes yeah. you don't even have a choice to go through that life event. But when you do, and on the other side, the healing and the whole thing, everything that opens up after that is just, it's breathtaking. And I think our fear will hold us back every time. So I almost started crying. Yes. That's what that squeal was. I was like, yeah, same thing. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Yeah. Goosebumps. <laughs> yes, it's so it's yeah, it's exquisite, really. And mm-hmm. often I've found in, in my own experience and with my clients too, but I can speak to my own really strongly of going through grief and, and really being in a space in my own life where I've been able to not resist it as much and, and show up for it and really let it just like oh crack my heart open I've been so aware of like that process is like the grief and the love are are so often of the same they're like threaded together they're the same you know it's like that grief opens you up to how much love and care there is and was and it's just this powerful process of how they're together and I think the fear and the joy are are so threaded also and I think something I use with my clients a lot who are moving through that fear and that threshold of leaving, you know, the safety net, even if it was dysfunctional and painful, it was familiar, perhaps that relationship. And mm-hmm. it is, it can be very intense to, to, to walk forward. And even with the fear and something that can be helpful is really reminding yourself of what you're saying yes to by saying no to the relationship. Yeah. And that yeah. can be a guiding force to keep you centered and just like, not like eyes on the prize, but I, you know, just like with your, yeah. your, your vision clear of what you're going through so that you can meet the hard stuff and know it doesn't mean something's wrong or bad. Mm-hmm. It's just, this is, it'll keep you on track. Yeah. 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 That's also very powerful. And I know one of my terrible breakups, I had actually been engaged to a person that I, it turned out off record we can talk yeah. all about it yeah <laughs> it just the, so the the relationship was just not a fit for so many yeah. reasons and I think I I mean full transparency I had said yes to the engagement and then realized this is like the worst thing I could have ever said yeah. yes to and then there's a whole thing that so I'm sure you sure you kind of understand that but then yeah. like, the pressure was on and I was like but this is the worst and so yeah. after that <laughs> laid itself out yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather dramatically. Um, yeah. <laughs> I really, I told myself, you know, you're on timeout. Like, I put myself, and this, I have, this is mm. way before I ever did any coaching or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But literally for like a year, I was like, one, you are not dating anyone. Yeah. <laughs> you're being sent to your room, basically. <laughs> <here."> 
<laughs> go think about what you've done. And uh, it was love. And I said, you know, you got to just decide, like, are you doing these things out of love or out of fear? Like it was that. And I know it's become a very powerful practice for many things, like really kind of yeah. catching myself in a gap moment of about anything, not just relationships or interpersonal anything, but yeah. like, am I making this decision because it's resonating and it feels aligned and it's lighting me up? And it's not one of those hell yeah things, really. It's just like, is this yeah. right or am I doing it for some fear-based reason, which could be fear of missing out. It could be fear of somebody thinks I look stupid. It could be I fear yeah. I look stupid. Like, yeah. So that was really... <laughs> That so many was things. a really big learning. Here we are sharing yeah. about my own love life, but um, yeah, yeah, well, I love you. You're loving, lovingly setting yourself to time out for a year. Oh god, for a year. Oh god, That's off so the classic. market. Yeah, off the market. <laughs> Some of the women I work with have this knowingness, like kind of what you're saying, of like this is not a good fit, but there's the fear of being alone. There's the fear that maybe there's nothing else out there for me. Maybe this is as good as it can get. I should just kind of stay in it. So there can be so many fears, even with the the knowing. And so it can take a lot of inquiry and courage. And I mean, it takes guts. It really does. Sure. Yeah. Well, and I say all that lightheartedly now about sending myself to my room, my relationship room or whatever we want to call that. But yeah. Like- <laughs> It was heartbreaking. Like, that was not a good time. And so Mm. I think if I had words to say to that person who was walking into that, it would have been like, hey, trust your intuition. You know Mm. what's going on and you can choose to say no to this now instead of having to watch it all play out in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that's a huge part of the post-breakup process and I work with a lot of my clients on is like rebuilding self-trust yeah especially if there was elements within the relationship that made it challenging to do that but it's such a huge thing of like trusting yourself again yes and I think really learning to trust yourself is is it's the hardest thing and it's like the key to then being able to go into the next thing if there is or or really being content and happy with being single for a while because that's also a really beautiful place to be yeah. And that is such a foundational part to like face, really fortify your relationship with yourself and your sense of trust and your awareness when it's, you have all this like, sovereignty and space just to really feel your own body signals and knowing without any other like input in, in a particular like romantic way. And just on a personal note, that was a huge part of my journey was in a relationship that for me, it was a very, there was a lot of like, manipulation and gaslighting that happened in this past relationship, which really eroded my sense of trust. Cause I so often took on their perspective and was in so many situations that inherently and for him purposely made me question my own perspective and experience. And so it was such a huge part of my journey to, to recognize my own signals and, and, what was what basically like what was mine what wasn't and what I knew I needed and what I didn't so all that to say it just rebuilding self-trust has just been a big part of my journey and I help a lot of my clients do that in the breakup process it's huge definitely powerful I'm thinking another thing here that we could dive into is have you worked with people 
where COVID and shelter in place and the stress of all of this has taken a toll. How have you seen that playing out for people and relationships? In so, so many ways. I feel like the relationships have just been like hit hard with COVID and and in so many different like sides of the spectrum. Like a Mm -hmm. lot of, uh, I know people who are in relationships who went from you know, having your whole world open up to suddenly both people working from home and being quarantined together and so much time together, even if there weren't too many big challenges in the relationship. It's like, I mean, talk about a pressure cooker of a year. And so all that time together and and lack of other community and connections. And so that I've seen been like very challenging on that side of it for folks who are in relationship during COVID. And and actually even a lot of interesting things coming up around different perspectives around COVID and what's safe and what's not. Mm -hmm. And that can be such a tricky thing, even if it's slightly off, it, it tends to like heighten our, you know, like our sense of safety and can feel very threatening and different needs and subtleties and maybe you know one person is way more extroverted and they are really suffering and one's more introverted and you know there's just like so many different parts of your partner that are like very present and intensified through covid and quarantining and so much stay at home time and just and just navigating the stress of what's happening in the world and how we process that and all of it. So the, that's one piece of it. And then it's also been a really, on the other side of the spectrum, a really isolating, tricky time to be single and or going through a breakup. And it's on terms of going through a breakup, it can feel extra scary to feel, you know, it can be so helpful to have your community and times with your besties and travel or like that sense on the other side of a breakup and so to feel that not as accessible that sense of being alone and isolation can can feel really challenging and i i know for some of my clients who have gone through a breakup this year it has made it more challenging to to keep their boundaries with their ex Mm -hmm. it's been a lot harder for them to not send that text or kind of backslide a little because they're feeling a lot of you know, loneliness and isolation and lack of connection. And so it's taken a lot of, yeah, really looking at that and getting creative and being in choice, you know, like we need to include the context of life we're in and make choices from there. But it's, Mm -hmm. it's tricky on that front. And then obviously tricky if, you know, you're at the phase where you're single or maybe wanting to date, obviously it's a really tricky, tricky time to feel possibility and meeting new people and it's there's a lot of communication that's heightened dating you know dating someone right now it's like and normally for a lot of people when you're like dating someone new early on you may not be having a lot of conversations yet of like you know, what are your, it's like COVID has kind of become like the worst STD ever (laughs) because you have to like have these conversations Mm -hmm. with people early on just to like hang out with them without masks, you know, and have these really intense safety conversations. Like, who have you been around? Are you dating anyone else? Are you kissing anyone else? What Like all that stuff, which is kind of these certain sort of body-based safety conversations that you would have 
you know, commonly with like an STD conversation when you were like further along or you wanting to be exclusive or things like that. So it's an interesting accelerator on that front where you're communicating and these big things like very early on. Yeah. Well, and it does put a really interesting layer on uh, the safety question. Yeah, that, that is fascinating. I had not even really thought about it from that perspective. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I know some some people who are single and looking, and um, my experience with one of those friends is it's it's heartbreaking in a different way because, you know, she really wants to find connection and she really wants to find someone. But then exactly what you're saying is even getting beyond the online connection of like, okay, like it seems like we have something in common here. Yeah. You know, at one of her... <laughs> I love this idea that she came up with. She's like, so we went and we sat six feet apart on the beach and had a conversation. And I'm like, that's amazing. And she's like, well, you know, I had to meet him. And yeah, I think it's so hard because then you're right. There's a whole different layer of, okay, are we going to even get literally closer? (laughs) Yeah. Like, can can we hug? Like, what does that look like? You know, there's a lot of communication that I think, and you know, is thrusting a lot of us into getting more comfortable. And, you know, if communication and owning your needs and your perspectives has been a challenge for you, I think the COVID thing has really forced a lot of us into having those conversations and building those communication muscles and, and sharing what you're comfortable with in a way where in your past, maybe you could have gotten away with not really taking a stand for what you needed or wanted. So yeah, it's, there's, COVID has definitely impacted the relational front. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and my experience is, is more of the, you know, longer relationship kid in the house. Like it's nonstop. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And uh, discovering I'm much more of an introvert than anyone ever would have guessed. So yeah, mm. it's it's just been really interesting. And I think you're right, though. It does even on any level of wherever you are on the spectrum of in relationship or, or looking for relationship, it does push all of the boundaries of communication. Is there anything else that you feel like you'd add, like to add about relationships and Valentine's Day? And, and I think the big thing that's that's coming up that has been sprinkled throughout our conversation, but it really is around that self-love piece and having a really loving relationship with yourself and, and even jokingly about your time out, <laughs> like doing that with a lot of, a lot of love and care and like tenderness. And I think that's really huge to keep in mind, whether you're in a, a relationship or going through a breakup or are single, like having this really loving relationship with yourself. And in a way, when I say self-love, it's not just like doing a facial at night and feeling good about yourself when you're having a, like a nice day. It's, it's like the breadth of love and care, the part that greets all parts of yourselves. When the parts of you that feel the ugliest and darkest and broken, it's like cultivating a sort of relationship with yourself that you really show up for all parts of yourself. And that's obviously very present in a breakup, but it's essential to have that, to have a healthy relationship. And so I would say like, no matter where you're at in the Valentine's day season and what's coming up for you, just the foundation is to be really sweet and tender with yourself 
in the challenges and the confusion and the places that hurt, that that's really essential and being harsh and critical towards ourselves really only create more like gridlock and, and softening things and being like gentle with ourselves. It could create that little space to get in there and and shift and heal and it just it just feels better it, <laughs> it really works does. and it feels it just feels better yeah yeah even my tough love with myself felt better than the other pieces so yeah thank you for that if yeah. somebody is you know they they love what they hear and they want to connect with you where can people find you so um they can find me on instagram my handles at um underscore honey in the heart so that's a great place to connect and build community there. And then my website's kenzieeason.com. So that's a great place to plug in. And I have a free masterclass there, 60 minutes, just like all filled with content of how to take your breakup from tragic to transformative. And there's a lot of good wisdom nuggets in there and, and places to start. And, and yeah, that's, cool. that's where to go. I'll drop all that in the show notes, of course. And, um... Yeah. Then the last question I love to ask everyone is what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your world? No, in your life, in the world, or in other people's lives. Ooh, three, three ways to jumpstart joy. To jumpstart joy. The first one is dancing. I'm a huge, huge fan of that. And especially, I mean, cultivate so much joy, but I actually suggest it a lot during a breakup it's just such a good way to process grief and move through and get your groove back there's just so much goodness there so i think dancing and two other ways to jumpstart joy i get a lot of joy out of finding whatever little especially around like food and drink that just make me just so delighted for me it's my special coffee in the morning and it just like fills fills my heart and yeah, it's, it's such a simple thing that starts to overflow for me. And um, maybe the third one is just to bookend it with um, <laughs> peeing outside. It's the best. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, to find, to find a private place and um, just give it a try. <laughs> Go with nature. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much, Mackenzie, for being on. It's such a treat yeah, to, to connect. Yeah, thanks for having and... me. Thank you so much for coming on. It's such a treat to have you on the show and for you to bring your unique perspective, both about the things that bring that brought you joy as a child and, of course, how to look at relationships and breakups and all of those things in a new way. If you guys want to find out more about this episode or about Kenzie and get links to her uh, Instagram you can find them all in the show notes at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash episode 279. And that's right there on the website. You can also get the link to my brand new book, Jumpstart Your Joy, Heart-Centered Ways to Find Joy in the Messy Middle, just released this week. And uh, I really hope that you will pick up a copy. It is a quick read and it will give you so many juicy ideas to look at in how you can find joy right now, even though we're in the middle of this very difficult time and this pandemic and all of that, I think it is also a time that we can find joy and learn to look for joy in new ways. So go check it out. It is all new stuff. It's not a rehash of the things that you hear me talk about here, but there are some very special guests <laughs> included in the book. So I hope you'll go pick up a copy. 
Yeah. So I'm thinking next week I'll be back kind of, I know I have been going uh, every other week, but I'll come back for a quick check-in and to say hello. And, and then early next month, I have Heather Chauvin back. She has a brand new book coming out and she was on a couple of years ago. She is a cancer survivor and she is a mother and she has written about all of it in a brand new book that's coming out. And I can't wait to talk to her about her journey and how she's found joy along the way. So I hope you'll come back for those next couple of episodes. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy. Bye.